All right, we'll jump into it. Hello, Rhiannon. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm so good. Good. How are you? Good. I'm doing pretty well. Thank you for joining me. I am so happy to be here. And uh, stopping by the office and uh, sitting down and chat. It's been a minute. It has. What uh, What's happening? All the things, right? Yeah. So how was uh, How was MBAA last week? MBAA was really good. Um, I think I went into it with no expectations at all. Yeah. You know, just not really knowing what was gonna what was gonna happen as far as like attendance wise, and even up until like a couple days before the show. Yeah. Just calling people and getting their vibe. It was kind of a 50-50 split where, it's, you know, who was going to go. Some people were completely on the fence up until like the last day. Yeah. But um, me being with a new team and going into the show, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and have a great time. And it ended up being, for me, fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I got to see really good people and I got to reconnect with friends and customers and hugs like yeah. i got to do the hugs <laughs> <laughs> the flying hugs so i mean at the end of it like it was a success right i yeah. got to see people i got to um reconnect with some people it's been a couple years and then you're tired at the end of the week so yeah. I'd cool. say it was a win-win but it wasn't that good because i wasn't there i wasn't done yeah i was i was getting to that point yeah um but you know if i if i was being fully <laughs> fully honest and transparent there was a very dark dark sad place throughout yeah, the week it was just missing. this missing and i was yeah. like what is that yeah um yeah well cool <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for stopping by um wanted to talk about a few different things today um really around you know wanted to get some some let me say stories about your past and your career in aviation uh also want to talk a little bit about sales and some sales stuff in general which um i think you're pretty qualified to to talk about i've dabbled you've dabbled, dab- dabbled in a little in bit <laughs> so first off uh tell us who we, who you are and and what you're up to today so I am Rhiannon Silvashi. I uh, started in aviation about 10 years ago with a team of people at Flight Docs, now known as ATP. And uh, currently I am partnering with a company called Portside. Okay. What does Portside do? Portside does a lot. Okay. Um, that's one of the reasons why I love it. So um, it's one of those where, like, can you say it in one sentence? Like, not really. But that's kind of what I love about it. Um, okay. It essentially will sit at the center of all of your software and it will connect with all of your software in a way that you want it to and provide you with a dashboard that's customized to you and your owner or your team. So depending on what software is that you have, depending on what data that you're looking for, it's going to customize to you. So it's not just a one-stop shop and it's not just something off the shelf. It really depends on what you need and how we're going to how we're going to pull the information that you want for you. So Cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I know we, we've talked about it in the past, but we always looked at aviation software and software and business aviation as being like really siloed in that you have your maintenance data, you mm-hmm. have your scheduling data, you have your charter data, sales, maintenance costs, all these, you know, all these different pieces. And they're often housed in different platforms or yeah. spreadsheets or whatever. And so essentially you guys are kind of like, you have this core software that's kind of bringing it all together and 
streamlining some processes around reporting and stuff yep. like that. Yeah, but I think that, you know, over the years, you and I have had, you know, many conversations yeah. about, I think from a high level, most people in aviation at this stage in the game, they want better data. Mm-hmm. And if, they, you know, just, hey, what do you need? Well, we want better data. And everybody would say kind of the same thing. Yeah. But the minute you get into a deeper level of, well, what kind of data, then it gets really, really specific. Then it gets like, well, that's a little bit different than what that person was saying because they're using a different type of software and they're using it in a different capacity. So I think that's one of the big things that I fell in love with when they were like, do you want to join the team? And just looking and saying like, oh my gosh, I've had these conversations every day right. over the last 10 years. This is what people are asking for. Let's go in and customize it. Let's give each individual company or a person what they're actually looking for and just connect to what they're currently using. Sure. That's pretty cool. I think so. Yeah. So going back like 10 years ago, when we first started working together, um, maybe- Should we paint the scene? Yeah, like paint (laughs) paint the picture of what that looked like and like how we got introduced and maybe like how your entry into this industry, what that looked like. Yeah. So so prior in another lifetime, right? So prior to aviation, I was in recruiting for a while. Yep. Before that, I was in the marine industry. So working with Mercury, working with their service centers, working with Mercury Racing um, on, the, on the racing team side yeah. of it. The only reason I bring that up is there's a lot of similarities between boats and airplanes mm-hmm. and the organizations that support them. Sure. So I actually was recruiting and I was going to hire for Flight Doc. So yeah. I wanted to meet you guys <laughs> so I could find the right type of people for you. Um, came in, sat down with Rick Hine, and I was there for a couple of hours. Yeah. And we were so far off topic of anything <laughs> that related to why I originally popped in. But what I loved about it, and I remember to this day, one of the things he said was, my ideal employee is somebody who's going to work themselves out of a job. And that's not that's not what you hear. And I was right. like, well, what does that mean? He's like, I want you to be so good at what you do that you work yourselves out of a job, and we got to find somewhere else, and we have to expand. And my brain was like, that is what I want to be a part of. I don't want to be a part of something where you're just going to sit and do the same thing and you're afraid to venture out or yeah. say an idea. So I left and I was like, oh my gosh, like I really, I'm really interested in this. And I think I called you and yeah. I was like, yeah, I'd like to be a part of that team. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was I like, mean, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Okay, let, let's, yeah, let's I think let's I found talk. your ideal candidate. Yeah. <laughs> So fast forward and just joining the team, and it was me, you, and maybe one other person at that time. Yeah, um, we were at our smaller office off a of corkscrew. Yeah, and just hit the ground running. Yeah, and it, it didn't take long before I, I just gobbled up the fact of like I love aviation. I think it's cool, right? I love a- airplanes; like they're yeah. cool. Nobody would deny that. And then started talking to the people in it, and I really, really like the people yeah. a lot. Um, I think. Some of the hardest working, most authentic, good people that I've ever met. And so just all of a sudden these people were giving me time and then they were sharing their time. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I really love this. And then I'm, I'm kind of a geek. Right. So like all of a sudden I had a really cool industry with amazing people backed up by technology with a company that was willing to think a little bit differently. So it was kind of a, a win all yeah. across the board. You know, yeah. like if you so sit we- at a craps table and you were like, <laughs> I want big. <laughs> Which has happened before, <laughs> but um, yeah. So you really like jumped into it, mm-hmm. and we uh, we hit the road a few times. A lot of roads. Yeah. Um, jumped in the plane. Hit. I don't know where. We went to Canada. We went to mm-hmm. North Carolina. We went to Texas, Georgia, everywhere, everywhere. Portland. So many, di- so many different places. But 
I think, um, you know, you jumped into the scene, like literally jumped into, into like the scene. Like dropped out of the sky. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I think that's one of the reasons that you've been able to uh, see really good success in the in this industry is around like just your energy and the the connections that you make with people. And I remember the first, we go on our first trip and we're <laughs> sitting next to each other, leaving Fort Myers and going... I, don't I think know it was where, Canada. It might have been Canada. Like we started out big. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and you're like, okay, first I brought you a snack, <laughs> and uh, it was first things first. <laughs> describe what this snack was because it wasn't enjoyable for me, but I'm sure you remember what it was. <laughs> I just remember feeling so excited that you know we were ready, we were going on this adventure, we're ready to go, and I I. I like health food, and I don't care if it tastes good or not. Yeah. And it was like this. It was a chocolate bar made with algae with blue. from <laughs> blue algae from like the bottom of a lake in like it's a super food. Alaska or something <laughs> like that. It was ridiculous and it was awful, but I ate it. You uh, took a bite of I t- it. I don't think okay, you I ate took it. a bite. Whatever. But it was like eight dollars too. Yeah, so I wasted eight dollars of super like, food. Wow, love this relationship. <laughs> And then uh, you whipped out some flashcards that were like, okay, let's get to know each other. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? If anybody's <laughs> listening to this right now, they're probably like, that's so Rhiannon and yeah. that's so Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but we had over the years had a great time out there. Mm-hmm. Just like the amount of things that we were able to do from meetings yeah. to events to, I think we, um, we're opposites in in a number of ways, but in some ways that works works well together. Yep. Um, in that, you know, we were able to book a lot of meetings. I'd go in, and uh, you'd kind of set the stage for me. I'd go in, get into the nitty gritty and the details, and be like, "Okay, well, Rhiannon's going to give you a call when uh, <laughs> when I leave." And uh, and we were able to to close a lot of deals that way. So yep. it was a lot of fun over over the years, but. Um, how would you say like from from the time that you entered into the industry and just like, you know, immersing yourself in it, how is, you know, have you seen that progression over the years? Like, have you looked at that? You know, as, as you were talking, when you said like we did a lot of things and like one of the adventures that we had, and you're going to remember it right off the bat, when we started to do the forums, when it got to like, okay, so we're going to these places and we're booking eight back-to-back meetings, you know, eight o'clock at night, yep. we're going to, you know, having a salad at like the hotel bar. And like, it got to the point where it was like, well, let's do these forums, right? Like, let's have people come to us and let's see if that's, I remember the postcards that we made yeah. and going down the local <laughs> printers and everything. And so we had the one in Atlanta, close to PDK. And we had a, a packed room. And I remember saying, Greg, we got to let these people know who we are. Like, we can't just be the company. We got to show them our personality. <laughs> so you made the PowerPoint. And I was like, you need to put a picture of up of you surfing. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> and then I don't even remember what my photo was. Like, maybe fishing. I don't yeah. remember what it was. But so we put it up there. And we sat in the room. And I like, I remember the people in that room. There were some heavy hitters. Yeah. And my perception is, and we were talking about, you know, going paperless, electronic signature, and just kind of like 2012, right? Like we yeah. were, we were having conversations about things that were about to hit in a really big way. And I just remember looking out into the room, and everybody had their arms like crisscrossed like this, and they were kind of like, no, 
It's not going to happen, right? Like, we're just, how are they going to prove it? How are we going to show this? And for me, that was one of the, like, the big pivotal moments of, like, this whole room, a really, really strong aviation group, and they were kind of like, how is this possibly going to mm-hmm. be? And we were on the other side of it, like, hi, look at us. We totally see how this is going to be. Trust us. Come with us. Right. So I think fast forward to now, right, 10 years later, and people are so curious, and they are actively looking for technology and what can it do. Maybe they don't know what it means. They know that the word API is out there, that that does something <laughs> great and super cool. Yeah. But they're actively open to having these conversations now of, okay, what does that mean versus like, there's no way that this is going to happen. Sure. So I think that that's been a huge swing now. And instead of us saying, take a look at this, they're more coming to us and saying, how can we make this work? Is right. this real? What do we need to What do we need to know about this? Those yeah. kind of questions. And what do you think, what's like, What's driving that change in the in the mentality out there? Us. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's possible, right? Yeah. Like all of a sudden it came like we've done something a certain way for a very, very long time. Aviation's such an older industry and I think it's nobody's really penetrated the industry and said, Hey, yeah. there's a different way to do things, yeah. right? Sure. And it's so busy, right? And, and we can't deny the fact that, like, hey, your your day is 12 hours yeah, long sure. and you're going nonstop. But then, I mean, that's one of the things I loved about our travels, that we got into these offices. We got into these hangars where there was stacks and stacks and stacks of paper. And we're like, well, let me show you how this could be different and yeah. showing real stuff. And then the people were validating it, right, on the other side of it. So sure. I think just hearing that your peers took a chance and that they had success and then they're making it to happy hour on time, like – well, I could do that, you know? So I think that's just been this natural evolution of, you know, just keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to, um, I was talking to somebody a little bit earlier today. He's in the aircraft, uh, brokering, uh, business. And he just got into this business like within the last six months and he had reached out and was like, Hey, like, I want to know, like, what's your experience like? Because I'm just, I'm just getting started. And he'd been doing, from what I could see, like doing a great job at networking and learning a lot. And he was like, you know, what's the, what's the one piece of advice that you would give me as I continue? And I'm like, listen, you're a young guy in this, in this industry. The industry has a lot of people that have been around for a long time. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of people in like the aircraft broker space. And there's a lot of people that will probably say, like we're never going to get to a point where you can do A, B, and C. Right. It's always going to be this way. And, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I do hear things like that. And I'm like, the best thing that you could do is listen to those people. Obviously, like they've been around for a long time. You have to take, like, you have to ask, okay, why are they saying the, like, why are they saying that? Why do you think, why do they think that that's never going to happen? Mm-hmm. But you don't want to, you don't want that to limit you. And like, you're going about things a certain way today. You're looking at things with a, uh, with a new light. And like, if it works once, it's probably going to work again. And it's one of those things where you like, you just need to keep at it Mm -hmm. and you could actually make a a difference in the, in the industry. And so, you know, I'm definitely seeing that when people are looking at technology now, they've, they've come from, this place where like, oh, you know, it's too high tech for me or, you know, we this is the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep doing it. It just works for us. Another reason they're realizing that like they're they're potentially hurting themselves by not. Yeah. By not being open to, you know, change and technology and, 
you know, looking at looking at things through a different lens. I think you just nailed on something or you just hit on something that um, there is there's new generations coming up through yeah. aviation, right? And this is just what they know and what they demand. It's got to be easier. You know, they walk in with all this tech background and it's just kind of how they grew up and then they show up and it's like, wait a minute, we we got to find an easier way to do that. Yeah. So I think they're demanding that on another side of it. So I think it's getting hit from a couple different angles. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, um, I talk to a lot of companies out there and there's a lot of companies in the in the space that are looking whether they're in technology or charter or parts or you know what whatever it is that they that they do um they're looking at new ways to to grow mm-hmm. um and so um you know one of the things that I wanted to talk about was really around like selling um, and this is called the Aviation Growth Podcast. So, like, we wanted to talk about like growing and and continuing to grow your business. And so, um, you're you've been super successful in sales, like pure going out there, starting the month at zero dollars and ending the month at a lot more than zero dollars, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, and that's not you know a lot of companies like really that's not just natural for them, right? Um, it's sales is not something that's super easy. Finding the right people or finding people in the right mentality. How do you look at sales in general? And like, how, what's, what's your approach and what, what do you think makes you successful? So I actually don't like the word sales. Okay. I know that sounds so <laughs> weird, but even in like titles or whatever, it's, it's like, I don't know. I, I think that sales could, I don't know. Because I think it's more than just a sale. Mm-hmm. I think that's why. Not to sound whatever, like, it's more than a sale. Right. But legit, right? I mean, if you take all the components of, like, well, how do you do it? How would you do it? It's like, mm-hmm. well, it's it's actually quite simple. Do you love the product? Like, do you love it? Can right. Do you own it? Would you represent it? Do you believe in it? Um, all of it, right? Right. Eat, sleep, breathe it. Can you speak it yeah. um, authentically? Do you love the product? Are you, do you love the industry that you're, that you're reaching out to? Are you curious about them? And do you like the people that you're talking to? So I think those three things right there, if you don't have those, go, go do something else. Mm-hmm. Because right there, you're going to have a natural attraction to what you're doing. Right. Um, and then the fourth one would just be, you've got to be crazy disciplined. Yeah. You have to be. Um, with your time management, with your mental focus, where are you, what are you doing in each moment of your day? Just making sure that you're continuously reminding yourself that you love what you're doing and you're curious and you, you're generally here to expand the people's organization or whatever they're doing into a better way. Right. And I'm not going anywhere. And I'm gonna, and I believe in what I'm here to say to you. So I'm going to keep showing up and we're going to have a real conversation. So I think when you're from that, that point of view, if they say no the first, second, third, fourth, seventh time, it's okay. Right. Because it's not about the sale. It's about this relationship that you're starting to build and trust and you're still you're still backed up with I know what I'm doing and I know the product that I'm bringing is real and I'm not going anywhere and I'm really curious about what do you have going on outside of this and inevitably it all turns into this one and if you keep showing up with the discipline it just it, it turns into its own momentum yeah. that you can just step into so just talking about like you know loving the product and mm-hmm. getting to know the industry and getting to know you know what the product does for your customers i know mm-hmm. that when we started this venture and we're out there and you start making calls and doing demos and all that type of stuff, 
wasn't it wasn't one of these things where you entered the company and we had like the handbook on how to sell right right <laughs> and so uh, a lot of companies don't have that and I think that um, you know for a lot of salespeople that or or people that are entering into sales roles mm-hmm. um, they have a lot of expectations on the company to provide a lot of that for them and they they mm. I think uh, really rely on the company for their success. Um, I don't think that that's your approach. No. And we didn't have anything like that. So, like, what did you, what did you do to dig in and, like, dive in to this industry and, and into these products? I would say I didn't care that okay. it wasn't there. <laughs> I, you know, that I think that if you have those tools – just like anything in life, there's tools everywhere. There, mm-hmm. there are things everywhere. There's the internet. There's you know, Google can find you anything that you that you want to look up. Yeah. There's people. There's books. There's there's so much out there that whatever you want to do, it, there's going to be some sort of like, read this. It's going to tell you the fastest, quickest way to get there. Um, that's great if if it's going to benefit you. Mm-hmm. But if you're if a company doesn't have that, who cares? Right. Right. I mean, if you've got those other key elements of. I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm going to learn as much as I can and I'm going to dive in and you truly, truly are curious. It doesn't matter, you know, and being willing to ask a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, don't yeah. care if the person that you're asking doesn't like to answer questions. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, so and then like kind of the. I think that's really important is like getting into if you're in these roles, don't expect that everything's going to be handed to you. I would almost say like, don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it is super great, use it. If it if it's going to fill in any of the gaps, it's that never going to be enough. No, right. Think, and if you're right? leaning on somebody else, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? Like, I think just the ownership, right? I think the best thing about sales is that it's your business. Mm-hmm. It is your company and. Some of the people that worked on the teams over the years, they will remember, I would sit down, I was like, look, if you were on the side of the road right now and you were selling ice cream cones and you had to get people to stop and try your ice cream cone, what would you do? Like, you're just going to stand there and hope that they see you and that they're craving ice cream right at the moment and that, oh my goodness, like perfect timing. Yeah. Like that's that's when somebody calls you and they're like, hey, I want to give you my business. You know, that's that's that. Otherwise, you've got to like put your hand out and you got to say like, hey, I'm here. Right. I've got something that you might be curious about. I do it a little bit different. Let me tell you why you might be interested in this. It's 99 yeah. degrees outside. Ice cream would really taste good right now. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> So there's that ownership of like, I don't care. I'm going to go out and represent myself and what I believe in in this product that that is a part of me because I right. believe in it. Then it doesn't matter. Everything else is there. Just it's available yeah. to fill in the gaps. Yeah. And so- you know, like, especially in this industry and with the types of products that are being sold in this industry, mm-hmm. um, I don't ever feel like it's going to be one where you just have people that are picking up the phone and constantly trying to buy products from you, right? Like, even though we we built a great brand, we had a great product, mm-hmm. it was the phone was never ringing off the hook. Could we have done a lot more with marketing? Like, sure, but it was never going to be where the salespeople were just order takers, right? right? And so I think that there's, you know, talking to a lot of businesses, that's kind of like the place where they want to get and they put people in place that can talk to people they can they're knowledgeable about the product they know the industry but 
they're waiting for that inbound activity to come. Do you think in. that ever happens? Like well, in any industry, though? In, uh, in a lot, no. Like you can get to a certain place where, like, after you've done so much outbound activity and you become like the number one. At a certain point, like you may see the floodgates open where there's a lot, there's more inbound activity than, than needs to be outbound. Right. Um, but for most businesses, it's, it's not like that. And so, um, you know, there's, there's people sitting in seats that are kind of like waiting around for sales to come in. And I know that's not ever been your, yeah. like, that's not how you operate. And so, and, and a lot of successful salespeople, you know, they get out there and they mm-hmm. they reach out. They're constantly connecting with people. But I think that, from my experience, you've been like extremely, extremely disciplined in how you approach like just a day, right? So walk me through like a typical <laughs> day and and uh, and what. Well, you're I doing. think I'd ask you. Why, like, what's your perception of it? Like, for you to say, like, obviously, after all these years, like, hey, Rhiannon's, like, really disciplined. What did that look like to you? Well, I think it's easy to, like, it's easy when, it's easy when you don't have inbound activity to say, I'm going to put off that call. Or, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to make calls a little bit later this afternoon, and I'm going to you know, just going to look around at some things this morning. And a lot of salespeople do that, right? There's, you know, if you're responsible for pure sales, pure new sales, if there's, if you're looking at your work day as eight hours in a day, Mm -hmm. there's a shitload of stuff that you could be doing from nine to five, right? And I think that uh, for a lot of salespeople, their their time is not, those hours are not filled but I always felt like yours were. So how did you go about? Was it the sign on the door that said, "Please leave me alone"? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, I think it, going back to just like the discipline, and it's not it's not easy, but it's so simple, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just, what are you here to do? Like what are you here to do? And it's not just work; it's anything in life, right? Like spending time with the family. Like what am I here to do? Well, I'm here to laugh and enjoy and hear about my kids' day and whatever that time is and, you know, engage with them and make sure that they're doing okay if there's anything that they need. Or am I making dinner and looking at my phone going through Instagram reels, right? Like, what am I here to do in that moment? Mm -hmm. I'm here to connect with my family and make sure that, like, my role as a mom is is heard and in presence and they they have that. But I'll get caught in the reels. Yeah. (laughs) They're not as funny as they used to be. (laughs) I'll easily get caught into the real tornado. But um, same thing of, like, what am I here to do? Um, I remember thinking a long time ago, and I, I was driving home back off a of corkscrew, and I was like, I think we could really do something here. And I was literally talking to myself mm-hmm. in my red Camry. Like, <laughs> I think we could do something here. And it was like, you know, you have all these voices that pop up of like, well, you're not this, or maybe you're not that, or did you come from this, or, you know. And I was like, yeah, but I can work harder than anybody else. I'm not afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid to, you know, block out the haters i'm not afraid to shut my door and put a note that said please do not disturb and then i just chunked down my day mm-hmm. and at some point it's a numbers game right but i think that there's other things that go into play when you put that much focus into something and then you back it with belief sure um 
and just show up every day. And then I think the numbers for us really started showing up when people said yes to meetings. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up having, I mean, there were time, Greg. Remember when we would go like five demos every day? Every day. Yeah, five demos. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, you ready to go again? <laughs> so long like, <laughs> days of five demos. We spent a lot of time together. Demo days, yeah. But I think it's just that discipline and like it, don't make it complicated. Just be very, very clear on what you're here to do. I would write it down in the corners. Like, what am I here to do? Mm-hmm. I'm here to be present, connect, learn something about this operation, and schedule a meeting. Yeah. That was it. And if it took 15 phone calls, I would make 15 phone calls. If right. it took five, you know, those conversations went longer. But it was like every single block, even to the point of, okay, I'm going to call for 45 minutes, and then 15 minutes, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to shake out my hands, go for a walk outside, put my headphones on, listen to some crazy EDM house music, <laughs> like shake my brain Pitbull. up a little bit, Pitbull. <laughs> so that, I mean, that over and over again, and just like, I'm not afraid to work hard. I will do this every single day until we get to where we got to go. Cause mm-hmm. we were on a mission. I think yeah. that goes back to the other part of it is like, I never hesitated to just open your door and be mm-hmm. like, I got to talk to you or what is this? Or open up Rick's store, you know? And I knew what mission we were on. We, nobody ever hid the fact that we were going to grow this business. Right. But there was so much passion behind it from you and Rick always of like, people are using paper and <laughs> fax machines and we can do it different. I was like, we can do it different. So I was getting my fuel from that and that belief and then turning it into my own and then just making sure I was showing up every single day. Mm-hmm. And so as you... Um, I had a couple different questions. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> this is like 10 years in the making where I am finally getting asked all the questions. Well, so, you know, like as we as we got out there, right? Like we were selling a new product, new way of doing things, and there was a lot of skepticism yeah. out there, right? And so there were people that bought like right then and there, but there were a lot of people that it took a very long time. And so that kind of goes back to like your, your, uh, like it's not sales, it's like relationships. It's a relationship. Right. Right. And so how did you go about like, what's the, cause you sold, like you're a salesperson. And if there was a need there or there was an opportunity, right. you really pounced on it. But you also didn't piss people off. Right. But, and there was, yeah, there was a, work. I know, but there's, there's people are always saying, there was like, one guy. <laughs> you piss people out here and there. But like a lot of people that are getting into sales, they're like, well, I want to build a relationship and I don't want to, I don't want to step on people's toes or I don't want to piss them off by, mm-hmm. you know, calling them a lot or by asking for the business. Right. And yeah. so, they have conversations. They have what we call good, yeah, had a good a conversa- conversation. <laughs> we didn't like that term in uh in, How was your day? I had a really good conversations. <laughs> yeah, and so like, how do you how do you avoid just having good conversations and not building that, not closing? Not being a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, I, I think if you look at like, how are you sold, right? Like. How does somebody get through to you? Because you've gotten all the phone calls over yeah, the years, sure. people trying to pitch their business. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten kinder over the years, you know, when people reach out. <laughs> but I think about, like, 
like, how am I sold? What is it that's going to catch my interest? And is somebody that's being real or understanding my day, right? This The person, I mean, I had a couple days, not a couple days, a couple weeks ago, I think I was driving and they, and I answered the phone because I didn't, wasn't sure who it yeah. was. And they just rolled into this hardcore speech. I was like, hey, 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 I'm literally driving right now. My head's focused on someone. And they're like, oh, so sorry. But then they kept going. And I was like, now I have to no. hang up on you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then I, I didn't like that feeling, but uh, we got to go. So I think that going back to like, do you know who you're calling? Mm-hmm. Do you know the industry? Do you understand what their day looks like? Do you know that at 11 o'clock, they've already been at work for probably six hours and they're in it and they're going to go to lunch in an hour. Like, do you, like, it's, it is like clockwork most right. of the time, right? So, do you appreciate that? That you probably, they, they probably have grease on their hands or they had to put down a tool to be able to answer the phone. Right. So, just like understanding that and ultimately respecting the other person on, on, on the other line. Because yeah. time is everything. Time is your most valuable asset. You go back to like, how do you run your days, right? Yeah. I had time. And yeah. if I didn't use that time, then what was I doing with it? But so, so is the person I'm calling. You know, if I'm interrupting their day, then I need to one respect it, two, um, make the most of that phone call, and then and, and listen yeah. and set myself up to call them again later when maybe we're going to have a deeper level conversation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you know, go back to like some of those those statistics of like how many sales you make on the first phone call, right? Like it's like, sure, niente, right? Yeah. Well, I think. Uh, there's a lot of push out there around like sales efficiency. So like, you know, when they're, when you're looking at the numbers, like how we want to maximize the number of calls, we want to maximize the number of touch points, um, which is, it makes sense, right? Like you need a certain number of at bats, but then you also find that salespeople in doing that, they're like, I got to make 50 calls today. Right. And so they just start dialing numbers without having any idea about like, who am I calling? Right. What is their business? You know, what type of aircraft do they operate? Are they a fleet? Are they part 91? Are they 135? And they lose sight of that. And that really, like you might make 50 phone calls, but you might make 150 phone calls. The quality of those calls is not as good. And I think that that's something that you are always pretty in tune with the customers. You got to know, okay, tell me about, like you often started off the conversations with like, tell me about you. Tell me about your, <laughs> you know, tell me about your operation. We just came totally full yeah. circle. You know yeah. that, right? <laughs> like uh, flashcards in yeah. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But like getting to know who are the people that were we're selling these products to, right? And understanding. Well, is it a real fit? Yeah, sure. Right? Like, like, who are you? What we, do you do with these aircraft? You know, What's we your favorite know color? Selling stuff to people that don't really need it doesn't, you know, in a recurring right. revenue business doesn't work out very well. And then you end up with, you know, unhappy customers right. or or uh, or whatever. And so just making that connection and really making sure that there's a fit, exposing those pains and solving their needs with your product is really key to and I think you touched on something there also is the the other side of it, right? Is that I was never in an environment where people were just like hit 150 phone calls, mm-hmm. right? Like that, right. it was like, and I think we kind of reproduced that over the years of like, I don't care if you make five phone calls a day and you had five one hour conversations, right. right? Like versus you're just dialing and just hanging up and somebody's looking at a report and like, oh, well, they must be doing well because they, they had a lot of activity. Well, what kind of activity was that? You know, right. I think that's, 
the support on the other side of it makes a, a, a argument in that as well. Like, mm-hmm. what do you what are you really asking of your team? Yeah. What are you really looking to do? Yeah. And I think just also if you're not keeping not keeping track of phone calls, you do need to keep a quota though. Yeah. Like having well, the numbers play a role. Hard. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Everything's based off of that. Like we really relied on those monthly sales to always be there, so that we could continue to invest back into the product and the services the and, yeah. and and the mission overall. And yeah. so, you know, everything that you're doing does need to tie back to those monthly well, sales. I think that, right? that, that's when the metrics start to work for you, right? Mm-hmm. If you've got these other aspects in play and you know that you're you're there, you're going to do it and yeah. you're going to fail, and but you're going to keep going. And then you start to gather the data. One of the things that we were talked about was, you know, what kind of tools help me at the end of the day mm-hmm. as far as like just running my business? Um, a solid CRM. Like I'd be silly to say like, you know, we started out with I think Microsoft, Microsoft Dynamics, Dynamics and it was yeah. a mess. And then we moved over to Salesforce and it was like, Salesforce 1.0 and then Lightning. Um, but just like having somewhere to be able to gather the data mm-hmm. instead of saying like, hey, Rhiannon, you didn't make 150 phone calls a day, like bad job. Yeah, It was more like, hey, did you know that for every 25 phone calls that you make that you secured a solid meeting that turned into a great opportunity that's now one of our key logo customers? Like that was really good data. Right. And I think that was something we used with um, you know, some of our, our sales teams going forward was give them some guidelines of knowing like make the numbers work for you in planning your day and owning up to that time management. Right. Don't rely on them. Right. right. Yeah, no. I mean, if you're just looking at the numbers and saying like, oh, we have to do 50 calls. Right. That's not going to really get you anywhere, especially yeah. when you're when you're looking at a team of people um, and you're just setting these kind of like arbitrary number metrics. Right. Like, hey, we need this many emails. We need this many calls. I think you use those as, as general guidelines. But like you said, we didn't care if – five phone calls got you five demos or 50 phone calls got you five demos. Like we were really looking at those demos, the quality of those demos, and then ultimately what closed. Yeah. And using that information to then go back and say like, okay, what type of, where have we seen success? Do we see success in uh, a particular region? Do we see- Particular make and model. Yeah, make and model, a particular type of operation. Um, you know, where are we discounting? Where could we be, you know, charging more? All these types of things I think are really key. Mm -hmm. Um, and you need a, you need a a legitimate CRM in place to make decisions. I think it's, um, you know, for some people it's like, oh, well, it's, you know, just kind of sales efficiency and gives us the ability to, you know, keep track of our contacts and things like that but really getting pretty strict with like what yeah. gets logged, um, you know, the quality of the data that it's goes data. in there is just, is just huge um, right. in, in making decisions for, for the business as for a the whole. business, right? Cause yeah. we went back and we would say, well, we need to now take, okay, we've been light in this area or we've been really strong in this area. How are we going to tailor our marketing to gain more traction in a particular like region or make model or OEM mm-hmm. or, or whatever it may be. Uh, we also use that data in regards to like our product development. Yeah. Right. So you go out there, you have this product, 
you don't like if you're losing deals for specific types of customers, you could go back and say, okay, well, what's the profile of that customer? What are yeah. what what's different about their needs? It's gold. Right. And so we, you know, really like that's how we did a lot of our development was based on sales real phone calls real phone calls real conversations real sales people. data yeah. not like surveys or yeah. like people somebody told us that this yeah. would be like the right thing to do you know we really relied on that data plus just experience and like understanding the impact and mm-hmm. put this product here what is it going to do for them all that stuff so I think, you know, CRM is is key and there's a lot too. of companies that don't still don't have a CRM or they're working off of spreadsheets or Which is so Outlook. funny, right? Cuz it's like here we are in the industry talking about bringing operational efficiencies by utilizing an upgraded software and mm-hmm. technology within your your organization. And then you have these people that are attempting to do that, but they're not willing to do that for their own organization, exactly. right? So it's kind of like, well, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Any other like products or technology that you've utilized outside of a CRM that has made connecting or selling easier? Um, you know, I think technology, yes, like having that that information available. Um, yellow legal pads are great. <laughs> I, I am not very far from a logo, <laughs> yellow legal pad at any time. Um, I, honestly, I mean, just utilizing what's out there already doesn't have to be complicated. I think making sure that your structure is there Mm -hmm. and then good old fashioned hard work on top of it, you know? What phone about you? calls, email. I was going to say my Apple phone. <laughs> when Apple I started, phone. I was with a BlackBerry, <laughs> and I oh, I felt so left out. <laughs> well, I think, um, you know, right now, I think LinkedIn is just a huge asset. That's for, grown tremendously yeah, in a short just, amount of time. Just in the last, you know, I'd say two years, the amount of, like, aviation professionals on yeah. LinkedIn has, has really multiplied. Um, it's allowed me to connect with people all mm-hmm. over the place, um, especially now in what I'm doing, you know, talking with some people that were really in like adjacent businesses yeah. that, you know, we didn't sell to, they weren't customers of ours. And so that's really allowed me to connect. And I see, you know, for new people entering the industry, um, it's a great way to get out there and start consuming information like consuming information you know who are these people why are they posting about this who are they connected with what is their business all what is their business doing what's Um, recently hitting the news for their business and and then consuming it and then don't be hesitant to reach out to to learn more about what's going on yeah i mean i'm i get those linkedin like auto messages and it's you know when it's not real yeah right like and i'm sure you get a ton of them i get a ton of them and i'm like okay great yeah gh so what's that no (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so yeah i mean there there's a bunch i think i think you said it is like there's a lot of technology out there and you can get caught up in like, oh, this has so many different features and we can automate so many different things. Or I can't do it if I don't have this. Yeah, exactly. And there's, it's, uh, you need to go back and say, okay, we at least need to have kind of a baseline that mm-hmm. we're doing certain things. We have a certain approach. We're connecting with real people. And once you're doing that, I think that's when you can start layering on technology to start 
automating some of those functions. Right. If you're if you're first, you know, you're starting up a new business or you're starting as a new salesperson and you're looking to like automate everything, I think you're gonna you're gonna be going into conversations blind, not knowing really right. what you get you, weighed down, right? Yeah. I mean inevitably if I don't have this, I can't do this. It's like like exercise, like I want to, I really want to tie this to Peloton some way, <laughs> somehow. But I think like, you know, you go back to people who are like, well, I want to start some program, like just get a pair of tennis shoes. Like you don't need all the gear. You don't need all the gizmos. Just get a pair of tennis shoes and get your butt outside. And that's the foundation. And then as you go, you can add stuff on. Right. But with Peloton, you need to buy a $1,500 bike and pay a $50 subscription every month. But it's worth it. It's so worth it. <laughs> so you're a big Peloton rider. As are you. Uh, not right now. Oh. Got a busted back. But I'm, oh. I'm getting back on. I'm getting you're, back you're back in the saddle, as they say. Uh, but what what's your Instagram hand or your, uh, your Peloton hand? I was going to ask you the exact same thing. So... Um, <laughs> My Peloton leaderboard name is the original Spinalicious. The OG Spinalicious. The OG, hashtag OG. <laughs> and you know what mine is, so why don't you I tell? I know, I know what yours is. <laughs> why don't you tell the world? Well, it's, it's better coming from your, <laughs> your side of uh, your point of view. So excited when Greg Hine got his Peloton because now not only could I drop by and give him high fives throughout the day, but now once we got home, I could jump on and high five him <laughs> through the Peloton screen. So excited. And I got off a ride. So excited. I get the notification that Greg Hine has requested my friendship on the Peloton leaderboard. And it shows me that his name is Spinalicious One. <laughs> It's still Spinalicious One. It's still. I wasn't going to change it. You know, I was like, that's a good name. And so now when there's shout outs, I can't get excited until I hear all the way to the end. Is it just me or is it actually for Greg? I think there's been more Spinalicious out there as well. But there's not the yeah, OG. Not the OG. That's funny. It is funny. So, um, Kind of going from here. You're mm-hmm. now at Portside. I am. You're you've only been there for a couple of weeks. You're mm-hmm. just getting ramped up. You're at base last week. Uh, what? Where do you go from here? Um, exactly what we were just talking about yeah. is just reconnecting with everybody, letting them know, you know, that I am now part of this team, and we are coming after you. <laughs> so get ready because. I think every single one of you need this, and I am not going to stop until we've got everybody on port side. Cool. Because I believe in it, and it's real. It's real, and it's doing what everybody's been asking for for so long. It's the true all-in-one solution. Cool. All right. Well, I'm excited to to learn more about that, and uh, where can people find you? You can find me everywhere. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Rian and Silvashi. You can find me Instagram, Health, Wealth, and Wine. Facebook, Rian and Silvashi. Uh, Peloton, Spinalicious. <laughs> <laughs> My phone number. <laughs> I think you all know Port where to side find website. me. <laughs> yeah, Portside website as well. All right. Well, cool. Thank you for stopping by I'm and so chatting. And uh, yeah, we'll do it again. Let's do it again. All right. Thanks. Sweet. Bye, Greg. Bye. Bye.